Here we go. It's Law and Gospel on this Wednesday, March the 29th, in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and what we have been doing on Wednesdays is taking a look at Proverbs. Proverbs is written by Solomon, most of it, and it is under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It is really not for unbelievers. It's really to help believers understand God's wisdom. It's really the third use of the law, which is simply information from God about what his will is. To do his will does not get you to heaven because you cannot even do his will until you are already totally saved. Faith in Jesus Christ is absolutely necessary before you can do one good work because God measures works by motivation, not just by action. So you can do wonderful good things, but God is looking at your motivation. For example, two people can give money to an organization. The one does so because of his love for Jesus Christ, and the other does so because he wants to look good in the eyes of people and therefore have a nice life. Well, that latter motivation is inappropriate from God's point of view. And so it's important to read Proverbs. We're taking a look at chapter 19, beginning with verse 13. And this is really Solomon talking about how you deal with fools. And he starts right off because a fool is an unbeliever. He says, a foolish son is a ruin to his father. Well, what does that mean? You see it in many movies where sons and daughters decide to disobey their parents and not do things they're supposed to be doing. Like, for example, I saw a movie where the daughter said she needed to use the car to go and buy something at the store, but instead she went to a party and got into a bunch of problems. So a foolish child can be a disaster to his father because he's not thinking properly. That's why the task of discipline is very important for a parent to do. And we don't mean discipline in the sense of punishment, but discipline to become a disciple of God. And that means you help a child understand the ways of the devil to stay away from them. The second part of the verse 13, and a wife's quarreling is a continual dripping of rain. Now, you may think that that's talking about a wife that is always quarreling, but it actually can also refer to a husband who's always quarreling with his wife. And it's like a continual dripping of rain. 
Uh, this often leads to people coming to a conclusion after they have been married for some time. Well, I no longer love the other person. And of course, they're using the word love as an emotion. They, they've lost that emotion that they had when they first got married. But love isn't an emotion. It is an attitude. In, in other words, God is not emotionally in love with us. He is attitudinally in love with us. In, in other words, he is disappointed when we sin. But he continues his love. Love to the loveless shown, as one hymn properly puts it. We are the loveless, God is the love. And so we start off in verse 13, that a family can be ruined by a foolish child or a quarreling that can occur between a wife and a husband constantly. Uh, you hear that after somebody commits a crime and the police ask the children, well, what kind of relationship did your mom and dad have? Well, they were always arguing with each other. And, and that can be seen by a child. Why? Because people have three views of themselves. The first view is the public view. And that's how you find them, say, in a church or in the neighborhood or at work, they often seem very nice. Then you have the private view, and that's what families can see. It's done within the home and not so obvious to those outside the home. But then the worst view of a human being is what we call the secret view. This is where a human being has secrets that people even in the house are not aware of. It's a view that pastors need to become acquainted with because that is where confession and absolution are very, very important. It's not at all unusual for a member of the congregation to ask the pastor, can I have a private talk with you? And he will then, or she will then explain why they are worried about Christ's relationship to them because of what they consider some sin to have done. If it is a sin and they are repentant of it, the pastor can announce the gift of the forgiveness of sins as though Christ himself is sitting there talking with the member and speaking those words. We go on to verse 14. House and wealth are inherited from fathers. And the word father is also ancestors. In other words, some people can have nice houses and they have a lot of wealth because they have inherited it. It's not something they have done. But the next line is really good. But a prudent wife is from the Lord. What does that mean? That's the highest com commendation that the Lord can give to a wife is that she is 
prudent. And what that means is she has great wisdom. This is really important in a relationship between a husband and wife when the pastor is the husband, of course, and the wife is the spouse. There are a number of times where pastors get in trouble with their congregation because of their wife. I knew a pastor who was married to a woman not of the same religion as he was. That really caused problems in the congregation because she couldn't commune, and of course, she wasn't considered to be someone that the pastor, as her husband, could even help change her point of view. So, although I say it's really important that in any marriage we have the same beliefs, particularly Lutheran beliefs, but in a pastor relationship, that is absolutely critical. In fact, the seminaries will not certify a pastor to be ordained if he is married to a woman who is not of the same religion as he is. So a prudent wife, that means one with good sense, is really a gift from the Lord with the highest commendation being given to her. Verse 15 of Proverbs 19, slothfulness casts into a deep sleep and an idle person will suffer hunger. I saw another movie. You know, I enjoy watching movies because especially true ones, uh, FBI and this kind of thing. Well, a husband and a wife and their daughter were found to be murdered one day and they didn't know who had done it. But they soon found out it was their son who lived 600 miles away working at another job, rarely saw his parents, but had come home for Thanksgiving. The meal was attended by many in the family and it went very well. But the next morning, they found the death of three people. Well, the police did figure it out with all the tools that they have today, particularly with forensic evidence that shows fingerprints and many other things. And they tracked him down. And yes, he finally admitted that he had put his parents and, and sister to death. They asked him why. Well, 600 miles away, he had a relationship with another man. It was a gay relationship. And the gay partner decided to leave him because he didn't look that good. He was not a handsome man. His face was kind of puffed up. He had gone to the doctor and the doctor said, well, we can do surgery 
and make you look better. And that's why he had put to death his family in order to get a substantial will. He had the money and he thought he could look good. But of course he was arrested and put into prison for life. But he wrote to his gay partner who had left him that he was a person that's all he could think about and had been looking forward to getting plastic surgery to make himself look more handsome and get back with that person. And so he had put to death his parents and sister in order to get the money. This is how powerful Satan is. And that's why it's really important. The man was slothful. What does that mean? He was very lazy. He really didn't have a job. He always borrowed money from his mother. And she, unfortunately, would give him what he wanted. But then mom and dad were near retirement age, and they had decided they wanted to use their money to go on trips, have a holiday. And so the mother told him that he would no longer be receiving money from them. This is what made him angry. And because of his need to want to be loved by another man, he ended up putting them to death. He was slothful. He was cast into a deep sleep. And that is referring to really a death like Adam and Eve, they fell asleep to the words of God and woke up instead to the words of Satan. When they realized their sin, they tried to hide from God. Well, what happened is with all of Israel that had become idle in their faith towards God, they also suffered hunger. They suffered hunger when they were taken into Babylonian captivity. And there they realized what they had done wrong in worshiping other idols. And so they repented, and a number of them were brought back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. But an idle person, one who is lazy, who receives money just from parents, or other ways, he will suffer hunger. And remember, what is the source of getting rid of hunger? Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Just as he said to the woman at the Samaritan well, I am the water that whoever drinks of me will never thirst. And whoever believes in him will never hunger. Verse 16, whoever keeps the commandment keeps his life. He who despises his ways will die. Now, that's a teaching taught throughout the scriptures that when you are living the life of sanctification and obeying God's will out of love for your Savior, Jesus Christ. You not only keep the commandments, but you also keep your life. 
That is, your life is guarded from going to hell. In contrast, to he who despises his ways will die. Jesus talks about that in John 8, verses 31 and 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Notice the language there. He doesn't say, if you abide in my word, you will become my disciples. No, if you abide in his word, you are truly his disciples. In other words, only a disciple can abide in the word of God. And you will therefore know the truth by the power of the Holy Spirit about the sacrifice of Christ and the gift of the forgiveness of sins. And that truth, which you now believe, will set you free from the devil. In fact, that's what you pray in the Lord's Prayer. Deliver me from the evil one, which happens at the moment of your death. Verse 17 is something that may not be understood. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. That's interesting. Have you ever thought of that? When you are generous to other people, when you are gracious towards them, that is, giving to the poor. Now, that might be giving them proper wisdom from Jesus, telling them about their salvation, explaining to them the forgiveness of sins. All that is how we are generous to the poor. And we are actually lending to the Lord. We are God's co-helpers because the Lord, remember the second commandment, summary, love the neighbor as yourself. Because as you love the neighbor, you are showing love to the Lord. And he will repay him for his deed. In other words, it's a way of keeping the seventh commandment. Thou shalt not steal. By giving your funds and your help to others, you are helping out the Lord in taking care of the neighbor. Luke 14 puts it this way, 12 to 14. He said also to the man who had invited him to the banquet, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you think you are therefore repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. See, that's the hope every Christian has regardless of the suffering that you're going through, 
as you continue to love your neighbor, you are therefore being kind to Jesus himself. Verse 18, discipline your son, for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. This is very important that at times, because of improper discipline, improper teaching, and an improper lifestyle, parents can lead their children to death. This also happened in a movie where the mother and father did not really like their adopted son. And so they had him taken care of by another son. The police found out about that and they arrested him for putting their other son to death. In other words, it was the parents who bore the responsibility in having their son die. And they were not disciplining their son properly. They had a legalistic point of view. We'll only love you if you do this. In contrast to a Christian parent saying, even if you disobey me, I will still love you. Verse 19, a man of great wrath will pay the penalty. For if you deliver him, you will only have to do it again. In other words, you may have a person who has a temper and he therefore pays the penalty of his temper. And you may try to deliver him, that is rescue him from the damage. But guess what? If he is of great wrath and not listening to the Holy Spirit, you will have to do that repeatedly. Finally, verse 20. Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. This is Solomon talking to his sons and to the nation. Listen to the advice of God. Accept discipline or instruction. Recognize what is the true way of life so that you may have lasting benefits in the future. And what is the greatest lasting benefit? It is eternal life in heaven. That's a benefit that Jesus won for you on the cross, as is evident from his words to the thief who asked, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, the same thing he says to you, that at your moment of death, you will be with me in paradise. That's what Proverbs is all about. How we look forward to paradise as the greatest comfort that can come to us. Therefore, this Proverbs 19, 13 to 20, is a wonderful passage in dealing with those who appear to be fools. We want to reach out to them. Uh, you've heard that 
this month's issue of the Lutheran Witness is all about nuns. And it's explained that a nun isn't the Roman Catholic nun, but the growing population of people when they are asked, oh, what denomination do you belong to? And they say, none. We have discovered, as you read the Lutheran Witness, that that doesn't mean they don't have a God, but the God they have is not the God of the Bible. And therefore, they still may even pray to their gods, as do all false religions. But they are totally under the understanding that they will get the benefits that they're asking for if they are obedient to the God that they have invented. Because Adam and Eve invented a God that was heard from the words of Satan. They wanted to be like God, and therefore they ate ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But in doing so, they died. They didn't die physically. They died spiritually. And what did God do in light of that? He did something amazing. In Genesis 3.15, he made a promise that through the, e- through the seed of Eve, that means one of her descendants, would come the Savior. And that occurred, of course, with the Virgin Mary, who bore the Christ child, the Son of God. Why did God do that? Because God is a wonderful, gracious, and merciful God. He's merciful in not giving you what you deserve. And he's gracious in giving you what you don't deserve. That's why faith is so important, because you have this great relationship with God who loves the loveless. I'm Tom Baker. Uh, Tomorrow, we'll continue discussion about the distinctions between law and gospel. So join with us. And you can email me at lawandgospel at lawandgospel101.com. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your checkout to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.